what's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Exceeding While Black. I am super, super, super excited um, to have Dr. Curtis on this episode. I told you guys that I was going to have a therapist that would be meant for black men to understand the benefits of going to therapy and why he thinks it's important. Um, this is a great one. This was a great episode and I'm excited to let y'all in on his input and hopefully y'all gain something from this and we're just going to go ahead and get started. So here we go. This call is being recorded. Good morning, Dr. Kurt. Good morning, Dr. Kurt. How are you? Life is grand. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm actually really, really, really excited and nervous at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll take it. What's the what's the excitement about and the nervousness? Tell me in that order. <laughs> okay. Well, the excitement is the fact that you even agreed to do this interview with me. Um, when I met you at um, Chris's event. And you were speaking, I looked at my friend and I said, yeah, that's who I needed. Because for the longest, I've been looking for a male therapist that I can speak to, that I can have on my podcast. Because, again, I've had um, a female therapist, and she was wonderful, you know, but I still wanted to be able to connect to the men, you know. And I know that some of the questions that I even asked her were more so related towards the women and not necessarily <laughs> Or men, you know? Yeah. So for you to say yes, I was like, yeah. But then yeah. it was like a, but hold up, I don't know that much about <laughs> about <laughs> men. So it's like, what do I actually ask? <laughs> right, right, right. I get so it. So it's, it's a little bit of both. You know, I'm excited, but I'm also like, am I going to ask all the questions that I need <laughs> or what? But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy that you agreed, and we're just gonna get right into it. You're just gonna get That's right good. into it. So. Oh yeah, you'll be fine. I heard, I heard your, um, your last two parts of the interviews. Uh, I enjoy, you know, whenever my schedule permits, and uh, we can spread the good gospel regarding mental health and wellness, particularly uh, my areas. Men, I do have women, but my focus is men. Sort of like you, women like, nope, if you can work with men, you you can work with me. You can talk to me, <laughs> you know. So I'm like, all right. right. They're like, look, you can talk to me. What's your schedule? So uh, I'm grateful for it all. So thank you for the opportunity. Of course, of course. Um, so, again, my my main podcast is Eating While Black, and I created it because I, me being a black woman and just being in this world today, I started noticing that being amongst my friends, we have different conversations, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like we have those conversations enough or it's not in a group setting or enough people aren't talking about it. When it's one main concerning mental health, you know, mm-hmm. concerning therapy, like you hear it now as it quote unquote being a trend, you know, of today of, yeah, you know, everybody should yeah. go to therapy, but are you really really seeking therapy or are you just talking about it? You know, mm-hmm. like do you really want to heal or are you just talking about it? You know, yep. because that's what everybody else is saying. So I really wanted to dive in and really open up the floor and the discussion of why is it important for men to seek therapy? 
Well, a number of reasons. Uh, the main uh, reason, uh, but in terms of importance, is that it's necessary. It's 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 part of the entire wellness uh, program, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right? It's it's not something that's ancillary, right? We need medical health. We need dental health. We, we know there's aspects of what it means to be healthy and well. There mm-hmm. are people who are healthy and they're not well. There are people who are well and not healthy. And so to have optimal health and wellness, mental health would be uh, right up there next to oxygen, in my opinion. And do you think, because I know today, right, we have men who are afraid of showing their emotions, who, you know, we talk about seeking therapy and we're talking about how great therapy is, but they're just like, no, like I don't have to double into my emotions because I wasn't taught that. So how do we start by showing men that it's okay to share their emotions or do you believe that it's too late? I don't. Um, We categorize it, generally speaking, that men are afraid. They may be reluctant because it's just not a part of the upbringing process. But they do get it out, whether it's through bars, you know, (laughs) rapping or aggression, it comes out. In terms of verbalizing how they feel from the inside out, it's it's just not a thing for most men. Not all men. Most men, and if it is, it's not uh, safe enough for them to do it without receiving some form of feedback or rejection. So when we say men are afraid of expressing their emotions, they're not. Every man talks to somebody. Right. Every man, when his partners, his grandmama, his ex, his current, (laughs) uh, (laughs) baby mama, little sister, right, just because he ain't talking to you don't mean he ain't. Stuck it, right? There is a basic human need to be seen, heard, felt, and accepted. Most people have that option. Now, it becomes mm-hmm. problematic when they don't have it easily accessible. Right. right? Um, but most people, including women, they have that option. Now, is it fair game? Like, is there a platform for men to call up his homegirl or his lady and be like, baby, I'm just afraid and start crying? No. But he's not safe enough to do that within himself. And part of the reason is we don't like feeling bad. Mm-hmm. We don't like feeling bad, right? We are mad. We are upset with ourselves because we are feeling bad, whether it's lack of finances, somebody said something, did something, that part. That's the first point of origin, right? We don't like feeling bad. And if we can get in there and make friends with our internal feelings, then it's not so scary in terms of expressing it and uh, regulating it. Well, how do you, how do we, um, because I remember you saying um, earlier, the men will feel like safe enough to share their emotions and stuff. So just let's say, for instance, that they are in a relationship, you know, how do we as women make them feel safe enough to express their emotions? Because I know, me being a woman myself, I know that sometimes it's just like, man, you get it together, you know what I'm saying? And I don't mm-hmm. I don't say that because it's just like, I, like I mean it. It's just a natural thing that I say because it's like, yo, pull yourself together. But it's like how do you make them feel comfortable enough to just express, our, express their emotions or do we just 
as women just shut up and just let them express their emotions. Right, right. So there, it's a practice, right? So let's mm-hmm. say you're in a relationship with a guy. Um, it becomes part of the practice. There's wellness and welfare checks. Now, most couples who are, you know, connect, they talk about everything, sex, music. Right. If if we make the mental health and wellness a part of the normal conversation, a man would not have to feel uh, rejected. A woman would not have to come back from a solution-orientated standpoint, like, hey, just pull it together. If we do welfare checks, wellness checks, like, hey, hey, baby, how you doing today? No, really, how you doing? Mm-hmm. And how'd that feel? How'd that make you feel? If we talked about that like we did, like what we're going to eat, <laughs> and if we having sex tonight, if we included it in the main dialogue, it would not be taboo. Every yeah. day it should be a how you doing? Whoa, yeah, that's pretty, I can feel that. You know, things of that nature. So my my suggestion is to make it a part of a practice of a normal conversation as we do with people we're close to, just like any other topic. That way when this stuff gets rough, and it will, then we practice, as you mentioned, Jasmine, to zip it. Like a man, like, all right, so I'm just, we're going to sit down on the couch, and you're going to flow, and I ain't going to say no suggestions right now. I'm just going to let them get it out. No fix it, no solutions, no interrogations. Just let them get it out. Let them get it out. And then then it could be like, how may I support you with that? Is there anything you need from me right now or in the very near future? And then zip it again. Now, we're speaking about men, but this goes both ways. Let me be clear for the listeners, right? This goes both ways. <laughs> Basic welfare checks on a regular basis, just like we'd be like, baby, what we eating tonight? Mm-hmm. So that's 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 one approach, Jasmine. Well, you know, um, the how how are you doing? Like, it's so funny because I feel like I always say that to everyone, you know, mm-hmm. and and I know it kind of seems it kind of seems almost like. A cliche in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. we say, how are you doing? And the next person just say, oh, I'm good, you know, mm-hmm. like without really dissecting, how am I doing? You know, and mm-hmm. I was actually having this conversation with my friend not too long ago, and I was telling her, I was like, how your outside presents, like how your life is right now is a reflection of how you are internally, you Absolutely. know, and um, I was telling her, I was like, for people to really ask you, how are you doing? And you just say, I'm good. Are you really, though, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Are you really internalizing every single emotion that you're dealing with? So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a great approach for us to do, but how do do we even begin or how do we even know if somebody is truly really asking us how we're doing or is it just like the line that people say just because it's, it's respect, you know, like how are you doing, you know, are we do we really know that they want to hear everything, you know, mm-hmm. that we have mm-hmm. going on, or do we just say I'm good <laughs> and keep it pushing? Right. So it's contextualized, of course. Um, when we normalize doing check-ins, of course, we, uh, as the checker, like saying, hey, hey, how you doing? Uh, and mm-hmm. if they say we, they're good, then I, then we may have to take it a step further. Right, mm-hmm. people you know, you know, if we're if we're present enough to people we know and close to us, you kind of know, you kind of watch people, you kind of see. Um, but one way right. is to ask them of something that may 
have come up or may have recently passed. Like, if they say, hey, I'm good, and you're like, oh, hey, by the way, um, how was that uh, performance appraisal at the job last week? I forgot mm-hmm. to check in with you. Like, there's different ways to get it flowing. If we get it flowing comfortably, they'll get it out. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so how was that? Um, I remember you mentioned last Thanksgiving your uncle was kind of tripping. What, how you, how you feeling about this Thanksgiving? So sometimes we could just make it like we, you know, just kind of turn into a normal conversation. They'll get it out. So not necessarily Jasmine taking like, I'm good, and we like, okay, cool, what are we eating? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, I know you're good, but, you know, how you feeling about, you know, your check engine light on? I know that was kind of annoying you yesterday. You, you Did you work that out, make an appointment for the mechanic? So you know, make again normalizing the welfare and wellness check in. Okay. Well yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, going back to the uh, expressiveness of women and their emotions and men kind of like holding on to that, do you believe that there is an underlining level of jealousy? When it comes to men and women, because how of expressive women can be and they're unable to and do you believe that that's what causes a slight tear in the relationship we try to have with each other? That's a great question. I don't, I, I'd be shocked to make a blanket statement that says jealousy. Now, there are other things that come up in relationships that mm-hmm. contribute to one being jealous. But in terms of self-expression, uh, culturally, you know, it, it is stated that women are more expressive verbally than men. I always right. challenge that. I always challenge that notion. Uh, for a number of reasons. My very first reason is just because a woman's voice on and she making verbal noises don't mean she fully expressing herself. I work with tons of counselors and I've I've worked with tons of couples and the wife is more fluent. She got the extensive vocabulary. It's cohesiveness, right? She's, you can follow her points and the guy, he using verbs out of tense and he can't finish it and he's jumping all over and she assumes that she is the better communicating. Uh, and I said, mm, not so much. You don't listen, right? Conversation means verse speak, con meaning with. You just talking. <laughs> you just talking. You're not listening to him because you don't think he is as fluently expressive as you. Mm-hmm. He worked out the plan. You got a master's degree. You talking the good talk. He jumbling his words. You assume you're a better communicator. You're not. You're not. You're defensive. So there's a lot of things that come with that. And come, and sometimes, you know, that's a hard pill for women. To do. Like, he doesn't talk. He don't talk to you because you do most of the talking. He doesn't talk to you because you are fluent and you show a level of contempt. If it was reversed, would you be comfortable talking? Mm. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So women say that. Like, oh, he don't talk. He does. He just don't talk to you for one reason. Mm-hmm. You don't listen and you talk a lot. You don't listen and you talk a lot. Dang. That's probably what they be saying about me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, she'll be listening. Every time I say something, she interrupt with her analysis or she trying to fix or correct or interrogating me or cross-examining me. She don't listen. If she can zip it for 20, 30 minutes at a time, which is excruciating for a lot of people, 
if she could just let me get it out first and we could clean it up later, I'd be more safe to do it more often. Wow. Wow. And, you know, you know, I didn't really think about it in that way until you said it. You know, um, because I feel like I kind of am in that in in that bubble. You know, um, I talk a lot, and I myself I feel very well. You know, mm-hmm. and when it comes to the next person, it's like they'll say you know a few a few lines, a few sentences, and I'm like, that's it. You know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like what like what's, what where is it? What what's more? You know what I'm saying I know mm-hmm. you have you have more in your your plate. Like what does that even mean? You know, and I'm always questioning their feelings in a sense without actually saying, okay, well, that's it for you, you know, and probably adding on to it, you know, um, asking more questions, like, within, you know, their sadness or even happiness or whatever it is they're feeling in that moment, you know, I'm not really excited, I guess, for it mm-hmm. or um, kind of um, holding on to it in a sense. So that's actually – I need to work on that. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, <laughs> I feel like a lot, of, a lot of women need to work on that because we really, For sure. we really do that. Wow. So, tell us a little bit how you even got started into therapy because I know you were speaking um, at the event, and this wasn't this wasn't something that you just started right off jump. You know. Right. So tell us tell us a little bit about you and how you even got involved with therapy. Right. So I actually start off in education, right? Straight out of college, graduate school, worked my way from a classroom teacher to a principal of a school. Then I left public education uh, for a number of reasons, jumped into the business world, um, did very well financially, and then life crashed around me, right? Lost everything. And that's right around when the economy started crashing somewhere between 2008 and 2011. Uh, and when that happened, you know, I lost it all. My marriage, my parents died. You know, it was just a really rough time. All of my assets went through a terrible divorce. I had to spend a couple months in jail. It was really tough. Uh, grieving, uh, in debt, overwhelmed. And it was at that point where I started going to therapy. Now, I've been to therapy in the past uh, for minor things, so I wasn't too unfamiliar with it. As a matter of fact, my mom took me to therapy when I was in high school. So I got it conceptually the benefits of it. When it was my turn, you know, I went to five different therapists, and it was the fifth therapist who really spoke to my listening and encouraged me to become a mental health practitioner as part of my own healing journey, and that's what I did. And um, so after you went through your own cycle, your own roller coaster, and started therapy, I remember this one line verbatim. Uh, me and my friends still talk about it to this day when you said uh, finding a therapist is like dating, you know, mm-hmm. uh, everything that you do, you're collecting data, you know, mm-hmm. and I thought it was so cool that you even even said that line because, you know, people don't think about it like that, you know, when people think about therapy and trying to find the right person, it's just kind of like, okay, so they work on these on these topics, you know, they work on, mm-hmm. you know, your emotions or neurolog- neurological or your whatever it is mm-hmm. uh, that you need depression. And so it's just like, okay, that's a, that's a good fit for me because those are what I'm trying to aim for. Exactly. You know? mm-hmm. But 
without understanding, you have to have a relationship with the person that's even helping you through that process. You know, so right. is that something that you have that you had to deal with? Did you have to go on a little dating spree in therapy? I did. I did. I I went to five of them. It was the fifth one. The the first four were cool. They just it just it just wasn't a connection. And so on this healing journey, you know, the number one one of the number one determining factors is not the credential of the health mental health practitioner. It's the connection, right? Mm-hmm. Healing takes place as a result of the connection. And so like you said, like people go through they'll go to psychology today, they'll look at everybody's profile. He'll be like, yeah, he specializes in this, so, or she, let me call her. Uh, most health mental health practitioners provide free consultations, so then you have the right to call and ask questions and things of that nature. I do them every week, all week, you know. So that's one way. And even there, you kind of just, there's a skill set to finding the right practitioner uh, initially, and then you got to go on a dating spree. Uh, and it, and it's time-consuming. It can be very expensive. The good thing is now it's a lot easier. And anybody who calls me for a consultation, which I do, free consultation, I say, hey, if this resonates with you, check me out. I'm all over. Like, you got to see like see me at the gym. If you don't like how I move at the mm-hmm. gym, I ain't your person. I get it, right? Like, see if I'm your person, right? right. <laughs> you might you might not like my smile. Like, like see if you can <laughs> rock with me because – if it's not that, there, you know, there are going to be some walls that we all naturally put up with. Just because you're a great math teacher don't mean you're going to be able to teach every student. Right? Exactly. So, yeah, so you may be fluent in, you know, mathematics, but little Johnny got to go next door because he don't <laughs> rock with you. So I often tell people you got to find your person. And it ain't always got to be a perfect fit like any other dating relationship. But now social media and Internet has given us a lot of avenues. The average mental health, I take it so serious that I live out loud for one reason, so that I can naturally resonate with the people who are looking for me. Mm. Mm. I like that. I like mm-hmm. that. And, um, and, that's, and that is the main reason why I'm glad that you even said yes to this interview because I know, you know, for the majority of time you, you know, deal with men. But mm-hmm. for me, it was like, wait, hold up. Like, I, I got some questions, you know, because exactly. you explained um, yourself and, like, your responses and just, I guess, the energy that you put off. Um, I felt connected to it, and I was more so like, okay, I resonate. I re- I resonate with this, you know. I feel like I can really get deep and really ask my questions. So, I actually think that dating around and really understanding um, yourself in a sense and what you really need. But I also think that that's a little tricky, you know, because even though we may know that we need to go to therapy. Um, and we know that there's probably some things that we, you know, need to fix. I don't necessarily think that we have, we can put our finger on what exactly we need to work on. So when it comes to finding a therapist or when it comes to, you know, speaking to someone and going into the consolation process, it's like, what questions do we ask? You know, what questions do we ask to know that they're a good fit for us? Yeah, good question. Good question. Uh, a couple of things. 
So the first thing that shows up uh, for me as I hear your question, Jasmine, is to say whatever you think you're going to therapy with, <laughs> that ain't going to be it, right? <laughs> it's going to right. People come in like, I'm going through this. By the third session, they're like, whoa. Where and I tell them that in the conversation, like, you know, just so you know, uh, we, I'm open to be delighted by something that you, are, you or I can predict right now. That's how it happens. Right, yeah, so people yeah. come in with what is giving them the most symptoms, mm-hmm. right? So whatever is giving them the most symptoms, they're gonna come. Like my my marriage ain't working. So if mm-hmm. they go to a good therapist, it's a good fix. We go like your marriage is not working as a result. It's symptomatic, but the mm-hmm. the cause the causes of trauma in your previous relationship. Right, so it's being expressed to us. So people, you know, they that's a, that's my job from a counseling standpoint, right? There's some basic Google questions you can ask somebody. So oftentimes people call like, where you go this? What's your area? Especially other times people call and they just, and I ask them, right? I do the interview, right? I do the consultation. So they get to ask me questions, but I ask them like, what's wrong, bro? Like, tell me what happened. Give it to me. And they was like, is this a set? This feel like a whole session. I said, look, it's, I don't play with this. Um, so the first one of the questions I would ask a therapist is, um, if they go to therapy or have they been like what mm-hmm. you know like what what is because what I know separates me from the average therapist is I actually went through a very tough mental health challenge and worked my way mm-hmm. out of it I ain't just sitting in a PhD program and say look I got a PhD y'all better listen to me right <laughs> so therapists come to me now because they know I'm one of the few who actually been through the tough stuff mm-hmm Right, and I'm public, and it and it's public knowledge. Like it's out there, right? You could find. Right. You will hear me tell my story. Like, yeah, it got rough for me. You won't hear. You don't need to know about all the. I mean, you can look up the credentials. That's cool, but it ain't gonna help you. Right, right. Mm-hmm. That's not gonna help you. So Google basic questions, you know, what's your area specialty? If you've seen a therapist yourself, can you tell me, you know, some of your success stories? Uh, you know, based on what I told you, do you think we're a good fit? These are things that potential clients can ask a practitioner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, I know that those are some questions that I need to ask because I <laughs> I have been seeking therapy. Um, I, I'm i in the process, I should say, of mm-hmm. therapy. And <laughs> it's so funny because – um, I'll tell people, I'm like, yeah, I probably, you know, I need to go to therapy, but I'm also my own therapist, you know, mm-hmm. because I do, I do the internal work, you know, I, I yeah. try to sit with myself and I try to say, okay, guys, like, what's, what's today's issue? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What's today's problem? You know, because sometimes I'll wake up and something will just be off, you know, mm-hmm. and I know it because I feel it. And so I, I feel like I we have to start sitting with ourselves, and I think that that's what a lot of people today are not doing. We don't sit with ourselves anymore. You know, we, we'll feel the energy or we'll, we'll feel that we're off, and then we just go in about our business. You know, yeah. we just go go throughout the day and go to work, you know, go pick our kids up, you know, mm-hmm. things that um, kind of distract us, in a sense, from the actual problem instead of facing it, you know, head on and saying, okay, hold on. Before I move, before I do anything, let me just sit here real quick. You know, sure. let me try to dissect what the issue is. So 
I do think that, you know, if you're wanting to, you know, seek therapy, sit with yourself first a little bit and see what it is that you're actually seeking, you know, see what it is you actually need to deal with and then find your therapist, you know, um, that's that's number. (laughs) So I saw that, you know, you had a book that dropped this fall, you know, there are no problems, only solutions. And I love it because the way you put soul and then solutions, you know what I'm saying? I, I love that because it, it showed that, you know, it, it's internal. You know, mm-hmm. you definitely mm-hmm. have to work on yourself and find things that are off, you know, that are wrong. So tell us a little bit about about your book and what even made you write it. Right, right. So this is probably my fifth or sixth book. It may even be more than that. So I have several books. This is my current one, and I hadn't even went to publishing yet. It says fall, but it was actually going to be winter because it'll be after January. Uh, So I'm a little bit off with that. So I use soul and everything I do, just like you mentioned, as a reminder that it's all internal. It starts internal. Now, this makes some of the stuff we got to do, but it starts internal. And what I like to do is just offer some of my sharings in published form. Uh, I'm not necessarily a writer more so than a speaker. So when I put things in print, it's just so, you know, people who desire to can take take a piece of my, my writings and put it in their own personal libraries at their home. Uh, it's mm-hmm. no more than that, right? It's, so it's not a whole, I'm going to give you tips to heal. It's not a whole, uh, it's just some of my sharings um, that I sort of bundled up. And so my number one uh, intent is like, yeah, we focus on the problems, but I need you to focus on the solutions. And most mm-hmm. of the things outside of emergencies that you could, uh, could heal from the inside out. You mentioned that we have to sit with ourselves. We do. Um, but we also, like, even without, we got to brush and floss. I use my water pick and all of that, and I, I brush two, three times a day. I still got to go to the dentist because I can't see all the way in the back of my own damn mouth, right? right. So even <laughs> though we do good jobs on the work, we have to put fresh eyes and fresh ears on our situation. That mm-hmm. That is taking great care. We talk about self-care. That is self-care. Mm-hmm. Putting somebody mm-hmm. on. You can go to the gym all for months. Get a trainer mm-hmm. to push you over the edge. You can do three sets of twelve, Jasmine. Get a trainer so that you can increase that weight and do an extra three. It's the extra three that really makes the difference. And um, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm trying to work out what you're trying to tell me. No, I'm just playing. But <laughs> I had started that process too, though. Okay. Exactly. I tell everybody, first session, I'll be like, when the last time you worked out? They'll be like, no, I'm like, look, if you're going to rock with me, a lot of this work going to be has handled in the gym. Yeah. yeah. For real. It, for men. What, what's so, but for, but for women, too, because I started noticing mm-hmm. that when I work out, like, you know, before – and I remember you say, I remember you also saying this at the event, how, you know, on day 105 is when, you know, the, the pain wasn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, the source mm-hmm. wasn't there anymore. So you have to go through the pain in order to feel like, okay, I, I see some changes, you know. Mm-hmm. And I will say that when I started working out, at first I was like, I do not want to do this. Why am mm-hmm. I here? You know what I'm saying? What, what is the point of this again? And yep. uh, 
even when I started being sore, I was like, oh, no. See, this is why I didn't want to go in the first place. Mm-hmm. Okay? I didn't, I didn't want to go through this pain, you know, and yep. just realizing that, you know, consistency. Consistency is key, man. It is. It is key. So when I, when I was consistent and I kept going and I kept going and I kept going, I started realizing that I enjoyed the pain. Yep. You know, I enjoyed the soreness. I enjoyed, you know, feeling like, oh, yeah, I did something today. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just started to feel like, okay, this started, this is starting to feel real big because now yeah. I'm actually feeling that I'm doing something. And it's an I indicator. Think, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's, just like, it's just like therapy. Like, one, it's going to hurt. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Going through the the obstacles and talking out your problems and, you know, just sharing, you know, maybe the deepest, darkest feelings and things that you have been hiding is going to hurt. It's not supposed yep. to feel good. Healing hurts. I don't care what hey, nobody exactly. says. Healing <laughs> hurts. Okay? It does. It does. It does. So but it's I'm going to use that today if you don't mind. Here, I'm posting that today, Jasmine. Healing hurts. It does. Healing hurts. and um, But it's so worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. Because once you go through that process, once you go through that first phase of hurt, you know, then you go through that second phase and so forth and so on, then you start to feel like, you know what? I'm not even hurting no more. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Exactly. Oh, this is this is a good part of healing. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. You know, now I can jump up and down and feel good. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But I think that's um, I think that's that's really important for people to understand that it it always starts with you. You Thank know, you. Um, yeah. and that that phrase of <laughs> it's not me, it's you. I mean, right. It's not it's not you, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. It's like, oh wait, that, that that's facts. You know, what I'm yep. saying it's it's definitely a me. It's it's definitely a me thing. So, um, sure. I want everybody to just understand that it's necessary. It's definitely mm-hmm. necessary. So, do you think that with today, you know, we have social media, um, we have Instagram, we have Twitter, we have Facebook, we have TikTok, we have mm-hmm. damn near every single thing out here. You know, and everybody is so glued and tied to their phones and, you know, what the next person is doing and how the next person um, got, you know, their business and so forth and so on. Do you think that social media and and even the music and even the music, because I feel like the old school music, it has some type of love and just uplifting and encouragement. And today doesn't really have that anymore you know mm-hmm. do you think that social social media and music and the music that we listen to today kind of halts the start of our healing process i i think the social media um has contributed to making us more of who we are right mm-hmm. it's sort of like making money right when it's sort of like when you when you become a millionaire or whatever your financial goal is uh, it makes you more of who you are and it exposes who you are not, right? And mm. so it's that balance, right? It's that balance that most people struggle with, right? Now, we have access to the World Wide Web. We can pull out our phones, and subconsciously, if we scroll, we start to – you have to set it in your mind. If you're looking right. for a comparative analysis because you have struggled with that before you logged on, 
you're going to be triggered in that. If you're looking to be entertained, that may be different. So what I know is social media contributes to a lot of things, uh, depending on how you use it. Same with music, right? We often hear that it doesn't have the substance or the sustenance that it once did, but it depends. Like, I listen to trap music. They ain't talking about nothing, but I like the music. I like the beat. So from a workout standpoint, it works. And, you know, it's just a form of entertaining. But that, but that's me, right? Uh, but I also listen to old school writers. So what I – and this comes up often, Jasmine. Like, how do I think social media impacts uh, the current society and culture from a mental health standpoint? I say, well, it ain't so much mental health as it is emotional health, mm. right? Feel a certain way. So social media will have you triggered feeling an array of emotions in a very short period of time. Yeah. And most struggle with regulating emotions, meaning their reactions to the emotions. And social media will do that. You'll be turned on. You'll be pissed. You'll be amused. You'll be educated. The more you scroll, the more you overload the brain and your nervous system. So by the time you log off, which is usually 45 to two hours later, not only have yeah. you wasted time, but you have overloaded your nervous system. So now you've got to do something to soothe yourself. And most people either go in different directions. They choose external substances to soothe themselves. They build a new narrative on how they need to step up their game, whether it's a business venture, how they need to get a new body transformation, all because... They took in so much information, and they hadn't focused on regulating it from a nervous system. When you bypass the body with your emotions, your brain is going to take over and convince you that you need to do something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you uh, you said something. And I'm going to y'all, I'm going to keep talking about this event because, one, it was a great event. And two, everything that Dr. Kurt said in the event was amazing, like from start to finish. All right, I kid you not. And I remember you saying something at the event, and you said um, you have to start kind of listening to your nervous system, you know, Mm -hmm. and your nervous system is like the warning, in a sense, that Mm -hmm. something is off or something is wrong. You're like your mind is connected to the nervous system. You know, mm-hmm. so once you're once you're able to train your train your mind, in a sense, then your nervous system will kind of get get aligned. You know, mm-hmm. and it'll kind of like start running smooth. And I like that. I like that concept because a lot of people, like we we talk about the feelings. You know, when you meet somebody new, and you automatically have some sort of feeling, or you automatically feel either comfortable or uncomfortable. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, and we can't dissect. Okay, so should we continue with this, you know, right. journey of getting to know them, or should we just go our separate ways? You know, a exactly. lot of people continue the journey. You know, what I mean? yeah. a lot of people continue the journey, and so they realize, damn, I should have, I should have turned around. <laughs> mm-hmm. I should have turned the other way. So that's a great point. That is literally a great point. And does your Speaking of, like, your therapy and how you, you know, uh, speak to people in your, what you specialize in, is it only focused on um, the internal work or do you focus on other things as well? 
It depends. Uh, mostly internal because that's, you know, that's the underbelly of everything. But I do help people along external journeys to helping to support them internally. So, for example, I may be working with uh, a, a, a CEO who started a new company or an author who's writing a new book. People reach out to me for support. They, they, they do, they're doing well mentally. They're doing well emotionally. They just kind of bring me along for the journey so that they can be supported, right? They may be moving to a new city or moving to a new job, and they just kind of have me on standby to sort of so they can think it out loud in a safe space, right? So it's not always anything. People, some people have been rocking with me for years, just because it's part of their overall health and wellness. I got people three years, and they it ain't nothing. I mean, something always comes up because life, life's. Um, but right. I do with people externally, athletes, uh, actors. Anytime somebody is transitioning, they'll pull me in, just if even to be on standby, just as that added support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Life, life is has been the phrase of my life <laughs> because mm-hmm. life be life in um, mm-hmm. one minute it just seems like everything's good, you know, everything is leveled. Like I've gotten through one obstacle and here comes something else, you yeah. know, and it's a never-ending cycle. It's mm-hmm. one thing happens and I get through it and I finally accomplished it. I found the solution, whatever the case may be. And something else happens, and I feel like that's where people's frustration and depression and everything just comes in because we really want to ask ourselves and really want to ask, like, the world, when does it stop, you know, mm-hmm. or does it stop? Or how do we get, how do we get, I guess, comfortable or used to the transitions of life? Good, good. So it never stops because life's going to keep moving, but that's the good part. So we get better at managing it, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We get better at slowing down. My number one thing outside of working out is to encourage people to slow down. Mm -hmm. Most people run into never-ending transitions because they move very fast. Mm -hmm. Rightfully so. The world conditions us to, right? If you slow down, then you could be at the cause of your life more so than at the effect of it. Uh, most most people mm-hmm. lose race. They increase stimuli. They increase the likelihood of things happening because they involved in so much, so often, so fast. The average person, if I t- two things, I tell people go to the gym and find times to take naps. Slow it down. Talk slow. Slow it down. And that way when life flows to you, you'll be focused, stable enough to make your next best move without becoming emotional. When the body tenses up, the mind goes into overdrive. Now you got Mm -hmm. two problems. You got two problems, the one you initially had and the one you just reacted to because you wasn't in response mode. When you practice responding, that's the official definition of being responsible. People think because they pay their own bills and they grow, they respond. No. Responsible is your ability, your ability to respond even whatever life comes from. That your ability to respond in a way that is safe and secure, whatever life brings. But the body will have you confusing things. It'll feel urgent. Your mind will convince you that it's an emergency. 
Right. And people train themselves to be hypervigilant. The world will do that for you, let's be clear. But people ride that wave. Right? They answer every call that come through. They answer every text that come through. They scroll. They move fast because the world pulls on them. If you slow down, worked only on appointments, <laughs> right? Took naps, worked out. If you slow it down, your focus goes up. When your focus goes up, the quality of your life changes with that alone. That means you are now present. Whatever you want, you want. When you interview and you interview and you ain't thinking about your bills. When you're on the date, you're on the date. You ain't thinking about who texting you. Slow it down. Mm-hmm. Slow it down mm-hmm. and watch life becomes easier off that alone. I think that it also dabbles into fear a little bit, too, because I feel like, and I can only obviously speak for myself. I don't know everybody in the world. But um, I know for me, I fear that once I slow down, like, then that's when it's like, okay, now I feel lazy. You know, mm-hmm. now it's like I'm not, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing anything because, again, like you said, it does have to deal with, you know, bills and how we feel and what we feel is responsibility. You know, um, if we're if we're slowing down, if we're slowing down everything and we're not doing as much as we once were, it's just kind of like okay, I feel lazy because I, I kid you not, if I lay in the bed too long, I'm like, wait, I need to be getting up. I have this, 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 and this to do. You know, mm-hmm. like why am I just sitting here? And it's just it's just a fear that is we start slowing down, we start becoming, I guess, stagnant a little bit, you know, and we start becoming like in a sense of, all right, well, now I don't feel like doing this anymore. You know what I'm saying? Now I don't feel like, you know, handling that type of thing. And I guess that's a change of mindset that we have to have in a sense to be able to slow down, you know, to be able to just be like, okay, I'm still going to get it done, you know, but right now, I need a me a me day. Right now I mm-hmm. need a you know, I need a nap. I need a nap or two. Mm-hmm. So I think it's yep. just the 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 start of actually truly changing our mindset into that because like you said, the world has kind of made us think like this, made us go fast mm-hmm. because again, everything is moving pretty fast. The world changes all the time. All yep. the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yep. It does. It does. And it's moving. It's a matter of slowing down. Right. The, I mean, capitalism and pressure and all the other things will convince you that you doing nothing is being lazy. Right? Because the world banks off your movement. So most of that, people don't understand the culture. Where capitalism as itself will have you thinking, like, you got to get up and do something. And most people know when they leave their house, they got to spend money. <laughs> yeah. Right? But you add to capitalism, they don't but trust that if you put naps in your regular schedule, like get in front of it, not on the back end, the front mm-hmm. end, and take time out. Just be good to yourself. Most of us fail to be good to ourselves on a deeper, richer level. And therapy helps with that. Counseling helps with that. My number one thing is to, to help you feel better about who you are, regardless of what's going on around mm-hmm. you. And that is possible. Most people just haven't experienced it long enough to believe it. Wow. Wow. Well, I thank you um, for this 
for this interview. Um, I I have one last question, and sure. then we can be done. We can be done. But my last question is: <laughs> Are you ever, or will you ever, be completely healed um, when it comes to men and them expressing their emotions, or them being able to express their emotions, and women not? being able to, I guess, stab at them in a sense of, um, man, p- pick yourself up. You know what I'm saying? It's it's going to be okay. Like, will we ever be able to heal from that um, transaction with each other? Yes. So healing is an ongoing journey. Ain't nowhere to go. Ain't no destination for healing. Most people don't get that we are naturally healing now. Your immune system, your vital organs is healing now. There are viruses and germs trying to attack you now. You are always in the process of healing, always, no exceptions to any of us. So healing is an ongoing journey, even emotionally. As far as men and women in relationships, it's not a us versus y'all. It's not a men versus women. Again, that's capitalism, right? That's patriarchy. No, most women are not as expressive as they think they are because they run their mouths. Most women who run their mouths, they still act out their feelings. They'll talk, their voices on, they still unhealthily express their emotions by acting out, mm-hmm. right? But men can't really call women out without being accused of something, right? So a woman would be like, oh, a man needs to heal, he don't talk like A man can't call you out unless he's a professional therapist with a PhD that you paying and giving them permission to call you out. The average <laughs> man can't be like, uh... You're very verbally abusive, and uh, you need to stop talking to me like that. Or you're <laughs> passive aggressive, or you got to work on your own. So it's not a man versus women, right? Women just under the assumption. I hear it all the time. Men don't express. I work with 99% of men, and they express everything. Men have more secrets, just like women. Right? Men got more secrets that they ain't told nobody because no one will listen and not interrupt them. No one will just say, I hear you without, well, why don't you do this? Have you thought about this? Have you called that? Just hear them. Just hear them. Mm-hmm. Uninterrupted. Can you sit with a man driving around 285 for an hour <laughs> and just listen to him? Any man, male, it could be your nephew, it could be a 12-year-old, any male, can you hear him without saying a word and stay present? Let him get it out. He'll hear himself. If he ain't got to worry about your judgment, he will hear him. He'd be like, man, did I just say that? Man, let me check it. Oh, I'm tripping. Oh, wow, that felt good. Oh, wow, I didn't even know that was in there. But we don't give men the time to even self evaluate or become aware because somebody always trying to tell us something every time we open our mouths with the exception of us doing something, right? Mm. With the exception of doing something. Now, if we, if we objectify, we good. We spending money. We having sex. We provide and we protect. We good. <laughs> we good. So when we want to express ourselves, not as a man, not as a woman, as a human being, then it becomes an issue. This whole notion of men versus women, particularly in the black community, we need to knock that off as an idea. Yeah. Yeah. We just it's not a us. There's many women who talk all the time and most of it be nonsense. Mm. 
It don't be how she actually feels. She's fluent, <laughs> but a trained professional who listens well would be like, uh, that's a no. Like, do you hear what you just said? <laughs> Did you just hear what you just said? Like, that shit's so crazy. I'm sorry, Jasmine. You can bleep that out. <laughs> uh, but like, for real, like, like, and it happens for men too, but I'm just saying. So women call me all the time. There is a woman. I got five women I work with on the regular. Mm-hmm. Five women I work with on the regular. And they often ask me relationship stuff. Yeah. They'll give it to me. Like, oh, I was doing that. I was like, brace yourself. I got to come for you. I'm like, you way off on that one. They're like, for real? Yes, my dear, you way off on that one. So women do their work on behalf of men. Most women call me because they want to do well with men. So if I specialize with men, I could give them insight. Women will force me to take them all that time. They're like, "Uh uh-uh, bro. I'm interested in men. You work with men on the inside. I need to learn about men, how I either repelling men. I don't have this relationship stuff figured out. So I figured you could help me with blind spots. That's why women come to me. They know they can fix their own stuff as a bonus. Like, you know, we work on their childhood stuff as a bonus. Most women like, I want to be a better woman for a man, wife, fiance, sister, mother. So I commend women. Y'all doing the work. Just want to tell the world that so are men. Men are doing the work. And honestly, like, that's exactly what I want this whole project to be about, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, women doing the work and men doing the work and especially especially in the black community you know yeah. because I'm one that I love black love you know mm-hmm. and it it tears me up when I see you know black women um bashing other you know black men and just saying well oh, mm-hmm. he shit you know what I'm saying he doing this he do that and it's just like no he's working he's trying mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. He's trying to fix himself, and the fact that he did or, you know, we do have or we are raising sons that are just like, oh, no, 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 it's okay. Like, for instance, like a little girl falls, you know, off the bicycle. Everyone and their mom will come running to her. You know, everyone yeah. and their mama is just like, oh, my God, are you okay? Like, yeah. it's going to be okay. It's all right. You know, little boy falls. It's like, man, get up. You, you straight. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, exactly. It's. It's so it's so strange how that both of those dynamics are so different. It's so yeah. different. So I want all of us, all of us, to be able to heal and to be able to love on each other and to be able to understand each other a little bit better. So um, how is if a man wants to connect with you, how um, how are they able to reach you? That's a good question. Um, anywhere they find me, they can reach out to me. My number is public on Google, Instagram. I am Dr. Kurt, www.drcurtisdjasper.com, Psychology Today, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Any any man who puts my number in, name in, I'm easily accessible. Everything comes directly to me. I made it that way. So whatever the man is hanging out. If he's hanging out on Instagram, shoot me a DM. If you're on Facebook, shoot me. But the most important thing is to give me a call or shoot me a text. 
and uh, I typically respond back right away. We do a brief consultation. Uh, my job is to listen to them and guide them in the process whether they go with me or not. Y'all, thank you so, so, so much, Dr. Curtis. Um, this was a wonderful episode, and I am extremely, extremely happy that you decided to come up here and give your um, input and share your benefits of therapy and why you think that it is beneficial for Black men to receive Um yeah, so this honestly concludes my project of therapy in the Black community. I'm still going to continue, you know, taking interviews and continue talking to Black men and Black women who have or who is going through the cycle of wanting to seek therapy um, and just to share their story, you know, just because this project ends does not mean that everything ends. We're still here and we're still going to do it all while exceeding, while Black. Peace and love, y'all. I'm out.